Welcome to episode 146 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Okay, welcome back to another episode. Um, I am going to share and my resource on repeat for the week and it it has been uh I've been working on some pronouns and past tense verbs with a lot of kids and those are things that's that are hard to do sometimes with like I don't know how to say it like but like 2D activities I guess mm-hmm. like you know you need lots of like um, perspective taking and switching to like he and she or right. they and them or me. And then with the verbs too, I feel like it's better when you can see the actions. So I found a boom card set that is from language, speech, and literacy. And she has a couple of them that are on like expanding sentences, but she's mm-hmm. got one set that has, uh, the little gifts of the little cartoon characters doing the action. So like they're running, they're jumping, you can see them actually moving. And that has seemed to be more effective than just like 2d pictures with a lot of my Mm -hmm. kids. So, and it was really nice to get like just a lot of um, trials in. I have one student that's really stuck in that everyone using her instead of she. So just getting lots of like repeat um, exposure in for her with uh, something that was quick and easy. That was a great one. So that was my resource for this week. It sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, helpful. One. And it's a, it's on boom learning. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. probably a lot of people have it on like teachers pay teachers, teachers too. And teachers. Yep. I always like no, can never decide. I kind of watch the sales whether I buy it (laughs) directly from boom cards or if I buy it from their teacher paid teacher store that links to boom cards. So I guess that would be another tip. Watch the sales to decide which one you're going to buy it from. That is a good tip. Yeah. And so we have on today someone. Yes. That is So yeah, I reached out to um, Elise Mitchell at the Therapist Support Network and found her because she's been posting some just really funny reels about um, telepractice. Like she had one the other day that was like, what teletherapists see when their kids come back in from the Valentine's Day party. And it was just (laughs) a kid's legs jumping up and down. (laughs) And it was so perfect and accurate. So I knew that we had to have her on. So she runs the um, the tele the therapist support network for OTs and SLPs looking to contract with schools and has some other resources on there too. So we are happy to have her on to talk to us. Right. Let's hear from Elise. Okay. Elise, welcome to the podcast. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, My name is Elise Mitchell and I am the owner of the therapist support network. Um, I've been a speech therapist. Actually, I found out today for 10, almost 10 years, I had a memory pop up today of myself and my graduating cohort. Um, and it like hit me, uh, like right in the face that I've been an SLP for (laughs) almost 10 years now. (laughs) Still a baby, still a baby. So how did you get into speech language pathology in the first place? 
Yeah. So it's kind of like two factored. Um, first, my brother received speech therapy. He's um, just a few years younger than I am. And he received speech therapy when we were in the schools. Um, and I just really loved, I, I, you know, when you see someone you love get that sort of treatment and the meaningful impact, I was like, hey, this is amazing. Like, what a cool job. But I did not want to be married to the schools. So I was like, eh, not for me. I mean, you know, and then about a year later, I was working in a nursing home while I was um, getting some undergraduate work and I worked in the kitchen and I saw thick and liquids and I was like, what Mm. is this? Um, And so naturally I like stocked the staff in the building and found what I now know as the speech therapist. And so once I found out that we had this really cool, like wide scope of practice, I was like, that's so cool. And I was hooked. And ironically, now I focus just on schools. So (laughs) I mean, it was a long journey. (laughs) I like, I like though that like I saw thickened liquid. Yeah. thought who made that why do they have that that's that's a new one we haven't heard that one before until she tasted it and then that was like Whoa. yeah yeah <laughs> never mind yeah. <laughs> i don't want to do this, this to people who's the mad scientist who created this right <laughs> so, i love that so you were working there and that's what led you to speech language pathology and then after you finished your your program what did you launch into? So the first two years I was in sniff because I wanted to be the mad scientist that can like this until I did it. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of miserable. No. (laughs) Um, But I really loved that environment. However, I ended up getting pregnant with my now middle and um, it just didn't seem like the sniff environment really aligned with my chapter at that time. So I ended up putting a a post on Facebook. I had heard of telepractice briefly in grad school. Mm -hmm. And um, I was really lured by, because I was from a small town and actually the SLP or the the speech teacher that my brother had, I later found out was a para who was supervised Mm -hmm. by a speech therapist because our hometown was so rural that there just was limited access to speech therapy. So I had heard of telepractice. And then I had this knowledge that there were these small towns out there that SLPs would, you know, have to travel an hour to supervise a para. And so I was aware of that. And it's kind of like this knowledge of this little bit of knowledge of telepractice, this awareness that there are rural schools that likely are struggling to find SLPs, um, kind of morphed together. And I posted a post on a Facebook group. I can't remember which one. And I just put it out there and I was like, anyone know if there's like ways to be a virtual school SLP? And (laughs) one of the owners um, or an owner of a company actually graduated a year ahead of me. And so the owner of dot-com therapy Mm -hmm. saw my post and um, reached out to me and said, you know, Hey, I'm a, I'm a bear. And I was like, Hey, and so I ended up working for dot-com. So it was just, yeah, it was this knowledge. And then I I think a lot of fun things always start with a Facebook post. (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. 
Yeah, I, maybe. You could, in a roundabout way, that's kind of how this podcast came about, too. Because it was me and Todd. It was me and Todd putting out fires when COVID hit. And we were both, like, in different communities trying to, like, answer people's questions and make sure everyone was okay. And me and Todd were at Utah State together when I was in um, grad school. And so that's kind of how this podcast came about was <laughs> Facebook post. Too. Facebook post. It's hard to like romanticize and like make a Facebook post so meaningful. But I'm like, listen, right. in reality, that's how I started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it, though. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. So what when was that that you started doing teletherapy? So that was eight years ago. And um, yeah, yeah. And .com, when, you know, I, I worked with Rachel, they had just started and I was their first SLP. Um, and so, so like the point, OG, you are like the definition of the OG therapist. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, it was, I was their first SLP and. Um, We've had so Rachel was, on. So, yeah. yeah. So you, she's been on. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So she had, so at that time there was like a focus in um, Alaska and Missouri. And I just, I mean, the minute I started it, I was so hooked. I had, I just remember like having a session with this kid in Alaska and they had just, um, there was a seal that they had hunted and the the village was celebrating. It was just such a cool thing that like we don't experience in in rural Missouri. And I just after that, I was like, this is so awesome and just really meaningful on like a different level. I hadn't experienced that type of meaning as a speech therapist yet. Yeah. And what what um how long were you with dot com? Oh, I was with them for, I think, oh, almost five years. Yeah, it oh, was wow. right, actually, it was right at five years. Yeah. And then I had another kid. I tell you guys, this means <laughs> these like milestone things happen with me when I have children. Um, but I had my youngest at that time. And again, at that time, my role with .com was um, in management. So mm-hmm. I had moved from therapist to management and I, you know, just said like, Hey, this employee life, um, no longer aligns with the chapter that I am in. And I kind of, I want to like move into more contractual, more flexibility. Um, and so I separated with the company in October of 2019. Mm. And that's when therapist support network was born about a month after that. So what, what was the thinking behind that? And, and why, Look, looking out and saying, this is what I want to do next. Yes. So back then it was the original version of the therapist support network. I was very motivated by the fact that as a manager, I had a very difficult time getting materials to my providers. I obviously wanted to respect all material designers terms of use and copyright. And so it's not like I could buy something off of TPT and mass share it. And this was 2019. I think things mm-hmm. have like really evolved post COVID. Yeah. There's sure. still um, not, there's still issues with that though. I think that's pretty universal issue for people that are thinking about jumping into telepractice. Yes. It was so difficult or, you know, you had to have a different password and then a separate password and gamification takes a lot of bandwidth. And like, there was just, I, I noticed that a lot when I was in management. And so I really wanted to, 
um, one, get, you know, try some alternative things and, and contract. I contracted with the university. Um, I helped some clinics branch into school. So I was doing that. But really, my goal was to create this material center where providers had materials that they could use on their drive, or it could be mm-hmm. leased out to telepractice companies and they could have it in their space and not worry about like, the copyright terms of the clip art and the copyright terms of this. And so mm-hmm. that was um, that was when the TSN came about. Again, like full transparency, I had no idea <laughs> that, you know, five months after that, we were going to be in a global pandemic where <laughs> um, oh, you... I would really need to resort back to the virtual space. So <laughs> I, I think you're a witch and had a crystal ball. Oh, man. It was, <laughs> and you uh, saw this coming. He's like, I got to get this stuff going. Uh, and have all these materials ready because it's going to happen. <laughs> I was like, did I really? I But part of me felt like I was like, I, man, like everyone's talking about teletherapy now. This has been my world for five years. And then suddenly it was like, yeah, it's like I dated a guy and then he lost all the braces, like six, like lost the brain. I'm like, Whoa. hey, I, I liked him before he was cool. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> <laughs> that's oh, yeah. so that's perfect timing that's that's incredible yeah so tell us about the therapist support network what it looks like now what people can find from it and how how it got to where it is now yeah oh man it it took a journey i did not anticipate or i would have named it something differently i always joke with uh people that use it i'm like i you know if i would have known um so originally it was this material center i also have a material request form where providers can request materials i of course like have to do a copyright audit and things like that um but that's still around however when i was um meandering during COVID, professionally (laughs) meandering, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was doing what a lot of people were, where you're trying to piece together how to make money while also having children at home and, you know, all of that. Um, Somewhere in the journey, I got approached by a rural district and they said, you know, hey, we really need a supervisor for our SLPA. And um, I was like, okay, well, there's this company, this company, like Missouri has great, like, there are so many awesome companies. They were like, no, no, we, we want you. And I was like, wait, what? Like, like me, like just me, like uh, me, you know? And they're like, yeah, yeah. We can, can you just contract with us? Um, so I was like, oh, okay. So I, long story short, ended up connecting with my lawyer who had really supported me while developing TSN and together we made contracts. And so I served this district. And I ended up serving a few different districts. And somewhere in that journey, I actually think it was last year, I was like, wait a second. I wonder how many therapists want to do this, but they don't have the materials for this. So Mm -hmm. naturally, I have a passion for creating materials. And that's when the Therapist Support Network uh, school contractor packet came to life. So in addition to my material center, I then branched out and started selling the materials that I used to sell to schools and um, gained these contracts because uh, it was really surprising how involved I had to be in that con- contract creation because so many lawyers have no idea mm-hmm. what school policies, you know, and absence policies and things that I'm sure you guys see, things that you have to have there to um, 
keep right. from, you know, losing funds. And so it was, it was a really, um, it was a great learning process for me. And anytime that I learn something, I want to use that to contribute to the field. And so that's when the school contractor packet came to life. And I actually have more customers that use the school contractor packet now. Um, it's, it's just been, it, I think there's this evolution of um, therapists really wanting to do direct contract. And so, yeah, that's, that's the therapist support network version 2.0 is the addition of that packet. I'm not adding anything else. So, <laughs> Until so you have someone, another kid or something. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> And then the grandbabies come. I mean, I'm just saying your life changes. (laughs) So if someone uh, purchased the school contract packet, do they get like a template for, uh, so exactly what do do you get uh, if they wanted to reach out? Yeah, you get um, template contracts that you can modify. One is for virtual, one's for brick and mortar, um, just because the policies are so, I mean, you guys know, teletherapy, you really have to make a little bit more policies to support you. Um, My sales scripts, I've always loved sales, uh, sales trackers, bios, flyers that they can modify. And then you go to execution and like invoice Mm -hmm. templates. yeah, uh, caseload trackers, referral sheets, just the things that I really didn't know, even in my experience with teletherapy, mm-hmm. I didn't know went into it until I was actually doing it. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and honestly, there were so many times when I was going to, when I said yes to this school that I almost stopped because I felt like I couldn't, because I didn't know what I needed to, to do do, you know, I'd always had a middle person. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was my first school direct school contract was kind of the same thing where it was like the school approached me first. And then I had to figure out how I was going to do this. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Working backwards, but that's okay. We'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that there are other, you know, like contractor packets out there, but I love that you specified that yours has some things that are specific to virtual schools. Cause I have used some of them in like th- free pieces of some of them and things like that. But all of them, I had to kind of like modify to work for the virtual school piece. And there are definitely things that like, now that I've been doing this two years with a school, I'm like, Oh my goodness, I should have put that in. I should have put that in. <laughs> I should have specified that, you know, like everyone at the school has their own computer. So at first I figured that would work. The kids just bring their own laptops and they log on. It takes so long every day. Mm. I so wish that I had put in there, like just have a dedicated laptop sitting there for me that doesn't have anything on it, like Tetris (laughs) or any other (laughs) games on it that they're doing at the same time. And that's all they can do on it. And Mm. it's sitting there logged in, ready to go. I wish I had done that from the beginning, but there's so many things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and another thing I've noticed is until you're in the virtual space, I think people think that all school sales are like what their state process is. Like I've noticed a lot of people um, will say like, well, I need to submit an RFP. I'm like, oh, here in mm-hmm. Missouri, I mean, very few schools use a bid process. Right. And so it's 
it just knowing that like there's such a variation per state. And I would never have known that until like if I hadn't had experience with um, the virtual space where, mm-hmm. you know, you start removing that proximity as a barrier and suddenly you're like, wait, what do I have to do to get in <laughs> New York schools? Like- <laughs> <laughs> So what are what are some of the things that come up from time to time? What what do people struggle with most? Is it the contract? Is that the most intimidating aspect? For so in in telepractice specifically, I've noticed that people um, <clears throat> that I collaborate with really need support with relaying um, to a school one why direct contract is beneficial, mm-hmm. and two that hurdle that I'm sure we've all had to overcome, which is the telepractice buy-in hurdle. Um, you know, and so those are the two biggest things. Like one, how do I tell a school that I am just as, or that I can be a good solution? There's like this belief that these large staffing companies are a better solution for schools. And so overcoming that, and then also knowing that, um, I mean, we've all seen it, you know, schools will ask if you're available in person. And so there's, there's Mm -hmm. that specific component with telepractice of like, how do I, how do I talk to the school about like why that's beneficial to have me virtually? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you usually tell them when you're trying to convince them? What's (laughs) your sales pitch of what, why they should go with virtual? Um, so well, I make a ton of reels about this and I just send them the reels. No, I don't. But, um, I wish I could. I love reels. Um, That's how I found you was your funny reels. <laughs> thank you. For thank, you for, thank you for making they me work. feel like They this. work. <laughs> I know. It's funny because I'm like, is this going to be? Well, I went to Hamilton um, last weekend and, you know, they talk about like history has its eyes. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. history has its eyes. It's a whole lot of reels. <laughs> me dancing in front of a camera. Um, but yeah, so the the virtual versus in person. I just in my experience and what I've seen, um, room, my biggest thing is when you remove proximity, mm-hmm. then the quality, you can actually get the quality that your students need. You know, I think about we have a we have a town nearby um, that has a large Hispanic population and their students are bilingual. But we are not in an area that has a plethora of bilingual SLPs. Mm -hmm. And so, and you guys know that I'm preaching to the choir here, like just Mm -hmm. for being able to advocate to schools, one, that the quality and you get someone who has an expertise you're looking at, but also um, the efficiency and the engagement. I mean, there's just so many great things about telepractice. I do think it's interesting because when I was with .com are um the objectives that we had to manage back then were like well no we want a real person right. or i mean it was the belief that like teletherapy was like alternative like it wasn't right. a person you know cuz nobody had seen it but now post covid it's almost like our objective management is like what you experienced in COVID and and not just, mm-hmm. I tell this to SLPs too. I'm like, listen, some of us just want to be in person and that's totally fine. But mm-hmm. there's another group of us that 
don't, that would be okay with teletherapy, but like our experience was specific to COVID. Mm-hmm. And I see that in schools now same. too, is like yeah. the COVID teletherapy. Right. Um, and so just doing that demo and showing them like what you experienced, what we all experienced was panic teletherapy, but <laughs> it got right. you guys to do a telepractice podcast and to advocate. So, you know, <laughs> it wasn't all bad. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's always been sort sort of my concern yeah. is that so many, you know, we all had to jump in and so many people had to do it, do telepractice without any training or very little training. And then the quality obviously went down. Yeah. And so the parents and the kids and and then administrators just had this, many of them developed this really negative opinion of telepractice and including the SLPs that were forced yeah. to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we're kind of having to kind of, you know, tamper that down and, and reestablish, like you're saying, reestablish that this is what good telepractices can do. Right. And good, right. good clinicians can do using telepractice. And yeah. I've been thinking lately too, one of the, I think one of the ways that we like protect the, you know, integrity, if you want to say it that way, of telepractice is admitting when it's not working and having mm-hmm. an alternative in mind. <laughs> Cause I have like some students that I have a student with selective mutism and I really would like to see this student in the classroom rather than just in my little therapy room where he can use the Zoom chat and that's his crux and that's all he'll do. And so I reached out to like a local contract agency that's close to the school that I'm at and say, can we work something out? Because there's a couple students that it's just not working with. And I think that's how we keep telepractice being good telepractice Mm -hmm. is when we can say this isn't working. And when there is, I have another school that there's no one around. So I'm doing the best I can. And there are some kids that I would say it would be better if they were served in person, but we don't have that option. So when we do have that option, I think admitting that keeps the integrity of telepractice. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 100%. I, um, I think in general, and even I experienced that with like the school contractor packet, I have providers that reach out and are like, is this for me? And like in general, I think avoiding a, everyone should be a contractor when reality is, you know, some people W2 is a much better setup for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like CFs, I, you know, or just that's like hard. For that's a hard area. Yeah. Right? To jump like, out into. Yes. And if you have anxiety attacks, when you think of sales, subcontract or W2, <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Or at least, or at least start there. I would say start there. If you're like, yeah, I want to do telepractice, but there's no way I want to do that part. Start with, start with a company and you know, yeah. then you learn all that stuff along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the more kind of along the lines with what you're saying, like we avoid this, this is for everyone. This is for every therapist. Um, Cause it's not, it's, it's, you know, I've been right there with you where I've had to have that tough conversation of like, this is not, you know, the best modality for Mm -hmm. the student. Um, and so, yeah. And, and and I agree with both of you in this, uh, part of it, of this conversation in terms of, you know, if we want to maintain the quality, but also ethically, we have to realize that telepractice isn't right for every patient, every client that we Mm -hmm. work with and and every student. So when it 
doesn't work, we got to have something else that we can turn to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This is getting deep. Wow. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go back to seeing what happens when I have children. No. (laughs) (laughs) Something big. Something big is coming. Yep. Yep. Another another company in the next big idea. I know. I know. You should. Um, it definitely was funny. I There was actually a part of me when I first started the TSN where I thought I was pretty done with schools um, because I just didn't see the other ways. And like directly working for schools has just never seemed like a solid solution for me. Um, and so it... I just, it was so, it's funny how we evolve and how, um, just things come about. And so I, I, I still laugh because, you know, when I started the TSN, I had no idea that it was going to evolve into what it is now. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. I love that. You mentioned like the, I do, I want to work in the schools. And I really think that, and I'm pretty sure you've posted about this recently too, that the, um, contracting with a school is like the best of both worlds with working at school because mm-hmm. you can say things like because you're an independent contractor, you can be like, I will not be to that staff meeting that does not apply to me <laughs> or I am not doing bus duty and but still get things like, you know, summers off and, <laughs> and that nice schedule. And yeah, so that would be my plug for it, too, that if you think you're done with the schools, maybe just try doing the schools in a different way. That's right. Yes, yes. I always say work with schools, but not for them. Yeah. Um, for me, I've always really enjoyed supervision. And that's just, I, I like being able to um, say what I would like to do and mm-hmm. set the parameters of my profession. I'm a millennial. I'm an elder millennial. Um, I don't know if that counts, but I've, an I've elder, always... an elder millennial. Yes. It's <laughs> yes. <a thing. laughs> I'm just an own. elder at this point. We're, so we're waiting uh, to get a senior discount still as a senior millennial. But... <laughs> hey, I no lie today. I went to the mailbox. I, I have an AARP mailing that's come mailing. to me. So, Oh, it's, That's it's not that you fun. can actually join that at any age. Someone told me you that. can it's like a hack that you can join the AARP. You can actually join and get discounts and stuff. <laughs> and get discounts. <laughs> but they really started, you know, used to be older, but now it's 50 and above. Oh, there you go. Is sort of the target. You know, target market. Now yeah. above that. So. It's a milestone. It is. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> it's a milestone. <laughs> so at least I think we've arrived at the favorite por- portion of our podcast. And um, do you know what that is? I don't. This is what we call our moment of Zen. And so we have three different lists that we've developed painstakingly, tediously develop these questions and so why why are you shaking your head (laughs) hours and hours going through and putting these together searching on the internet so (laughs) so 
list A, B, or C, and we want you to pick one of those lists, lists A, B, or C, and we'll ask you some questions just to get to know you a little bit better. Perfect. I think I'll pick B. Mm, a B person. <laughs> I like to be right in the middle. One of those. Oh, I think I know the answer to this first question. Would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, yeah. very. I am very extroverted. Yeah. Anyone who messages me on Instagram knows that I will tell them my whole life story. Mm-hmm. And there's <laughs> responded reels. very quickly to mine. <laughs> reels, <laughs> like, <"Hi!"> <laughs> reels to prove it. <laughs> yes. Um, second question is, what's the best compliment you've received? Ooh, um, I, so I really like compliments about, um, my ability to be a speech therapist, which is really odd, but like those have been my greatest compliments. So anytime Mm -hmm. the school, actually that man, and I kind of hope he doesn't listen to this because I don't think he knows that when I first contracted with him. I, I mean, I obviously wasn't going to be like, I've done this a million times, but I was like, I'll get back with you. Um, so I don't think he knows that I was like, what do I do? But, um, him in particular, he had said that, you know, he said I was a really, really solid speech therapist. And I don't know why I found that to be such a big compliment. Um, but it was, I've always held on to that because that's what I want to be. I want to be, um, solid in my knowledge. So I would say that one. Um, I also like being told I don't look like an elder millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, rub it in. If anyone wants to throw that compliment my way, I appreciate it. (laughs) You don't. You don't look like an elder. Well, the Zoom filters, the filter situation, they're, they're wonderful. See, I'm using Zoom filters now, and it's still no help. So I still don't have hair. Still, There's probably a filter for that. Probably is. I looked. There's hats I can put hats. on, but not hair. A bowling hat. Yeah. So um, next question. Who has been the most influential person in your life, and how did he or she impact you? Oh, it's going to be hard to pick one. Is it a requirement to pick one? No. Okay. I have a few. Um, I would say on a personal level, my husband, which is like pretty corny, but I tell you, I cannot, I mean, I literally was like, Hey, I'm going to leave this management job. That's super secure and amazing. And I'm going to start a company. And he's like, you go. And so for some that, like that, I mean, he just, and then I'm like, Hey, I'm going to add on since I did this school contract, I'm going to like make this a thing. He's like, you go. So just having that like person who just believes that what I do is going to be, that was, that's, I mean, it's amazing. Um, professionally, I would have to say Rachel Robinson with uh, dot com mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, as, to take on a sniff therapist and bring them on to a teletherapy company and just trust that I would do it and do it well. She obviously supported me, trained me throughout, let me fail, which I think is really big in leadership. Like, you sure. got to let people fall. She she never micromanaged. And I learned mm-hmm. a lot through that. 
So shout out to Rachel. And then um, my third is Jenna Castro-Caspon and oh, with the nice. independent clinician. Sure. Um, She's on our list. She's oh, on our list. <laughs> I love her. We're trying to get her, to get her Yep. Uh, so, so put in a good word for us. <laughs> um, anyone who knows Jenna, Jenna is an advocate. So Jenna has, well, you guys know this. She has programs where she mm-hmm. um, trains people on how to start a private practice. And, yep. but she is just such a non-competitive, like cheerleader. And so she's will forever be like a professional idol for me. So those three people, my husband is on the list with some like big wigs. I hope that he feels really special. What's what's your husband's name? Matt Mitchell. Matt. Matt Mitchell. Shout out to Matt. (laughs) It's all about you, Matt. You're you're making the rest of us look bad. I just want you to know. (laughs) Next question is, what do people misunderstand about you? Um, hmm, It's so hard because I feel like I lay it all out there. What do people? (laughs) Um, So... I would say, I don't know if this is what they misunderstand about me in particular, but, um, what I, what I hope never happens, should I say, what I hope there isn't a misunderstanding. I want to ensure that I have materials available for people who want to contract, but I never want to seem like it's like I'm someone who's pushing for this one way. Um, so that's, I think that's probably my bit and you'll see, I do reels. Like I just trickle them in there every few weeks of like, Oh, you can work for a school. You can be a W2. So that's been the thing. I guess the misunderstanding that I never want to happen is I never want this platform to be like, this lady says 100% of the time contracting with schools is the perfect thing. And Mm -hmm. so like, I'm here to support you if that's the route you want to take. It's the route that best served me. But like, also there's so many different things. So I think that's, um, I don't know if that's, that's more of an insecurity. Yeah. I think, I feel like Instagram right now can be like very polarizing and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, a lot of people are presenting, like, if you don't do it this way, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll do lots of reels and things like that, where it's like, no, yes, no, yes, I would do this. I wouldn't do that. And it can be very polarizing. And so I like that, that view of this is what I offer. You're welcome to it. If it's not for you, that's okay. You can do you too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're doing the hard sell in the sense that my way is the best way. Right. You want to hire me kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. So are they selling you something when they're telling you that? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. I do think there's been more noise around it though. Like I think there's been more conversations amongst SLPs on like, you know, we have to be sure, especially if you start to get a following that like, Mm -hmm. We are not like, it's, it's almost like saying one like treatment approach. We can say that with some things, but so many of the times we have many different tools in our bags. And so, yeah, that's, I think that's been my biggest insecurity as I start to get followers. Um, and I think there will be a point in time where I'm like, okay, I've made it clear. I need to stop worrying about this. (laughs) (laughs) There's people supporting you and connecting. 
Um, next question is, what's something surprising that you've learned about yourself? Yeah, I um, I don't think I ever thought that I would be an owner um, because I really like to, um, I'm a high performer. And so I've always really liked to work with companies and like climb the ladder and, you know, so I guess I, I never thought I honest, I think that's why school contracting never slipped my mind because I just really imagined outside of like making materials that I would best work under a boss that I could, you know, like, Get the like pats on the back mm-hmm. and gold yeah. stars from. Yeah, kind of yeah, and the teachers mm-hmm. would message and be like, "She's so great," and my boss would be like, "Oh, good." You know, I guess I, <laughs> I just, I know, I always thought that that's, um, that was where, you know, and I still really enjoy that, but I, I was really surprised that contracting with schools and being like a separate entity was so wonderful for me. Yeah. Um, so that was really surprising. Awesome. Do you have a favorite quote or motto or saying that you turn to? Um, so it's actually, so while we're, while, um, International Women's Day is on my mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, uh, my favorite quote, I, I actually keep it on a post-it, but I'm not at my desk right now. I am right by my router because, you know, rural Missouri in the, um, in the evening is tough. Got to keep the squirrels, you know, running and keep, keep the internet going. All the children come home and get on their devices and like the bandwidth it's, it's the most like. It all goes down. That, that was one of the biggest struggles of the pandemic. For me, everyone at home using the internet at the same time at my sites and all of my kids' sites too. I know, and like you just see yep. it, you can like feel when the children get home because it's like whop, and then you lose it. So, yep. um, but yes, my favorite quote is: "Here's to strong women. May we know them. May we be them. May we raise them." So you'll see, I post nice. a lot of um, like woohoo on my social media. So. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. How do you define success? For me, success will, one, for me on a personal level, like being able to have um, a flexible life while still surviving monetarily. Mm. Um, success to me has always been flexibility. And so I've mentioned my children a lot. I am a very hands-on um, mother. If you follow me on Instagram, you will see I have cows. They need tending to the cows. <laughs> so for me, success is being able to tend to my cows. Um, <laughs> but really is, is um, just having flexibility on top mm-hmm. of, you know, having a, a fair a fair wage. Um, and then for my business, I just, I really want, for me, success is, is just defined by helping someone get that school contract that wanted to get it. Um, you know, I, I really just want to help people that know, like, this is the path I, I, I just need support. So as long as I am like contributing to our field in a positive way, I will feel like the company that I started 
was a success. Sounds great. It's perfect. What's the best advice a mentor ever gave you about work or life? Yeah. Um, So it's very bizarre, but I used to be really uncomfortable talking about money and rate. And Mm -hmm. like, I will say that my school, my first um, school contract was very low rate uh, because I was very uncomfortable with it. But I had Mm -hmm. a mentor that said, um, advocate for your pay, like you're advocating for someone else. And I was like, well, that's kind of depressing, but, um, it really worked. And then I got to Mm -hmm. where I could advocate for myself. So anytime I go to advocate for what I should be paid for something, I act like I'm advocating for, or like I'm asking for like my daughter to be paid for something. And for Mm -hmm. some reason that really helped me. And now I no longer have that, like, paradox. But um, that was probably the most like influential quote that caused me to change my behavior. Um, So yeah, that's great. What? Let's see, make sure I'm getting the right question. Do you have a hack that you've discovered? And it can be any kind of hack that you've, you've discovered in terms of like at home or work or telepractice or anything. Yeah. Um, I have discovered the hack of having a house cleaner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, my wife would agree as well. Oh, that took me way too many years as a working mom trying to do both and finally like wave the white flag. And yep. I mean, it's so worth it. <laughs> it really is. And I don't know why I fought it for so long, but I have just, it's, it's really, I mean, it's like right up there with water in regards to our budget. <laughs> like, I mean, I will cut a lot of things before I cut the cleaner. And the only mm-hmm. thing I cut, I did cut the cleaner during COVID because we had to, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, that's, that is, will forever be my greatest hack is to offload that. <laughs> yep. That's, yep. that's good. I think in general too, just the concept that like, our time is money. You know, mm-hmm. when we are like moms and independent contractors and all of that, when you can think of like, my time is money. So is this worth the money to have someone else spend mm-hmm. the time doing this so I can do something else? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a cleaning service that comes in a couple of times a month, but um, it's what's interesting for me is to then watch my wife come home from work. She's an SLP too, works at a children's hospital. And she's a little OCD and when it turn when it comes to like her stuff and how it's arranged. And just this last week we had them come in and she's like, why do they have to rearrange everything I have on the refrigerator? I understand they're going to wipe it off, but why do they have to rearrange everything? So she's in, you know, we'll spend a half hour going through the house, putting everything back the way she wants it. <laughs> so to me, I'm like, I don't know. It looks fine to me, but you know, she anyway. She's an SLP. You could have actually not said she was an SLP, and we probably would we, have been we, like, we could have guessed. <laughs> she has a little SLP. <laughs> so what comes first? The OCD leads you to 
become an SLP or as yeah, I think so. after you become it's, it it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. It, it is. But you have to be detail oriented to be in this job and then it just makes us, you know, more yeah. detail oriented it, and it yeah. feeds the disorder. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um so last question. Here we go. If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, you did good, kid. And here's a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> or here's some water. That, oh, what? That, there's wine. <laughs> right in front of my eyes. like Right damn. in front of your eyes. I, I want the wine. And I just want to go take a seat. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Come on in. Well, at least it's been great. So how can people reach out to you and and be a part of the network and all of that? So please yeah. tell us. Um, so they or so Instagram, the therapist support network, message me on there. I am I've never met a stranger. I'd love to hear your story. Um, the therapist support network.com is my website. And then I also collaborate with people on a free Facebook group, SLP and OT school contractors. So that's totally free, just knowledge sharing. Um, cause I, I love to collaborate. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Good luck to you and everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, that was Elise Mitchell. Thank you, Elise, for joining us on the podcast. And please check out the TherapistSupportNetwork.com and see all the wonderful resources that Elise has for you. And if you are thinking of doing telepractice and getting a contract in place and you've never done that before, then she's the person you want to talk to. So check her out at TherapistSupportNetwork.com. And so... Thank you for joining us on this episode of Telepractice Today. We really appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers. If you don't mind, please rate, review, subscribe if you haven't, follow, or share this episode as we want to attract even more listeners to the podcast. And we'll be back again next week with another episode. Until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. 